Welcome to today's episode of I Hope This Finds You. I'm your host, Megan Gilman, and my guest today is the one and only Tara Stiles, the co-founder of Strala Yoga and best-selling author and well-being expert. Today's episode is a must-listen for anyone looking for more ease and softness in their life. Hello, good morning. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well. Is this thing on? Sometimes I do this incorrectly. I can hear you. Okay, that's so good. I assume my computer can hear you. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I always get like geeked out about this stuff. Like, am I doing it right? <laughs> well, and I've always been really impressed by like the sound quality of your videos and everything. I think when we, when the pandemic first started, you had made a video on like, here's how I make my oh, yoga right, videos. Right. Yeah. Like, because now we're all having to make yoga videos. Yeah. And I shared it with everyone at my yoga studio <laughs> because I'm like, I don't know if you realize it, but like, no one can see what you're doing if you're wearing yeah. black leggings. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like I should have done that a while ago because over the years we were kind of figuring it out, like just making videos and with, you know, camera people and then asking them what to do. I mean, just getting like, getting this like wearable mic. I, I mean, like it, it's, it's such a no brainer for people who do, you know, movies, I guess, but I never would have known where to find something like that. You know, people have these, like, you know, they're trying to hold a microphone <laughs> or like do it to their <laughs> earbuds and then the earbud like falls out and I don't know. So there are some simple things that make it easier for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to thank you so much for saying yes to my ask. To oh, of course, of course. I'm so excited to get to talk to you. I feel like I was telling my friend, I was like, I sort of feel like she's a Disney princess in that, like, I have met her in real life. Um, but mostly, like, her job seems to be coming through my TV or my phone and bringing me joy and oh my like, gosh. helping me feel good. And so I'm like, I know she's a real person, but there is also this level of like, well, can I just ask her to talk to me? And I figured, she would probably do that. So I'm going to do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I'm so glad because I love, I mean, you know me, I love like, this is doing stuff with people is like the only thing that's fun. I mean, that's why I like doing the yoga, even online, because you know, even if you're pre-recording a video, you know, somebody's going to watch and maybe you'll have a conversation about it, but yeah, this is everything for me. So thanks for wanting to talk about all the things that you're up to. I love it. I know you are best known for your yoga um, and making the yoga and bringing it into our houses now all the time. And the things that I have learned from you that have like affected my life in the biggest way are not necessarily the yoga, but just like things that you say offhand over and over. (laughs) The biggest thing I think that has influenced me that you brought into my life is the idea that if you do yoga in a like a stressed out way and you're mm. performing your yoga and you're trying to, you know, be successful at yoga, yoga becomes stressful. Mm. Um, and if you practice being easy in your yoga, then ease will trickle into all parts of your life. And the idea that that's actually a much better and faster way forward to where you're supposed to be going then stress and struggle and like no pain, no gain, Mm -hmm. which is still, I mean, I started following your work 
I feel like in like 2013 or something, I found one of your videos while I was trying to do yoga in my office and I was super stressed out and I was like, this is perfect. Um, but like now it's a decade later and that's still really a rebellious statement mm. in most of the fitness and wellness world. And it's super rebellious in like mm. the corporate world. Mm. So one, thank you for that statement. And then B, how did you learn that lesson? Because you came up through like dance and modeling, neither of which is famous for like, yeah, just be easy and like let it flow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, you've got it all figured out. That's that's the whole thing. And unfortunately, I feel like we have such an awesome community of folks that we just know through yoga a little bit of some are guiding, some are doing things like you're doing. So we all we all kind of come together and we're like, ease. <laughs> you know, high five. <laughs> and I feel like we have this, I guess, superpower or little secret, but we do want to spread it and share it and all of that because it's more fun if the person that you're working with is easygoing than if they're panicked. And it's more fun if your family members at ease than stressed out and flinging things at you. And I think, I think I got really lucky, honestly, with growing up with dance. I had kind of a typical small town, middle America dance studio, like rah, rah. We went and did all the little competitions and I just wanted to leave and learn more. It, for me, it was always just about drop me off with the teacher from Chicago. I want to learn and and study and grow. So when I finally got myself to a dance conservatory with good teachers, my ballet teacher and the contemporary teacher, they weren't, it wasn't stressful. It was about working hard and, and, and showing up and, and, and being there, but it wasn't about forcing and pushing and struggling. So I think I got really good instruction and that doesn't mean that I'm, you know, a, an excellent ballerina. I didn't have the turnout. I was so heartbroken. I'm like, no, tell me it's not true. But I could have, you know, I did some contemporary things like that. But I think that work ethic with doing the thing diligently and going after it and showing up for class every day was there. But there wasn't this almost, you know, because I really wanted to do a good job. And I was almost, I suppose, really tense in my body. And my ballet teacher would put his hand on my back and say, breathe. That's not going to make the move better. So I guess I was kind of learning that without the language that we all share now, like use what you need, rest what you don't, all of that. And he brought yoga into the program and it was just a simple yoga and it wasn't this use what you need, soften. It was just do the things. And that's when I thought, okay, this is amazing. I want to share this. It wasn't, you know, trying to be a job or career, but I really wanted to share it. And then when I started going out in the world and sharing it, I saw the rigidity that sort of exists everywhere. But I thought at the time being like 18 years old, it's only in yoga. Why is yoga so stressful and rigid? <laughs> it doesn't need to be like this. So I spent a good 10 years trying to get my friends involved with yoga by showing them that it can be easygoing and even fun and move how it feels good and don't beat yourself up and things like that. I would just see my normal friends without a big physical background or sports background come in. And then as soon as they did yoga, they would kind of clench up a little bit or feel like they had to do the splits or whatever. So I guess I was always interested in softness and ease and all of these things that we all share now, but it took a long time to figure out that that's also a technique of 
of not just relax, but do the thing with only the effort that you need to be doing the thing and drop everything else. And really no pain, no gain is a huge scam (laughs) or something like that. It's just, it doesn't work. I mean, we can work really hard and accomplish our goals and live good lives. We don't need to beat ourselves up in the process. Yes. And that is like, I think that's changed my life learning that when I was, I was working in education um, and I was doing a lot of yoga to like help sustain me in working in education, which was just for me a little overwhelming. It was one of those things where I loved the work but somewhere up the ladder, the person who was deciding like how much work I had to do was miscalculating something. <laughs> so there'd be periods where I was like, um, I would have like 40 students sitting out in the hallway, like all mm-hmm. waiting to get in for like 10 minutes to see me. Wow. And then there would be like weeks where no one was ever in my office. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that like mantra of like, you know, like, let it be easier, like, find your breath, like, you are able to do this, it doesn't have to be stressful, don't tense up, if you relax, everything becomes so much easier, helped me through that portion of my career. And then it keeps popping up. So when I was pregnant, and I was doing um, hypnobirthing classes, because I'm that kind of crunchy, I was like, I'm gonna do Love this it. hypnobirthing <laughs> thing. And they were like, Oh, yeah, if you just relax, the whole birthing process can happen more naturally. Like your body is doing this on purpose. And I was like, bing, like that sounds a lot like my yoga. Mm. It's really changed my life. And now I like life coach all these Mm. women who are sort of where I was 10 years ago, where it was like, oh, I'm overperforming. I'm stressing about trying to do things the right way or the proper way and getting burnt out and trying Mm. to bring, expand this message of like, you can relax what you're not using. It's mm. safe to relax. It's mm. okay for this to feel easy. And when you do that, magical things happen. I haven't really thought about it like that, but it, it's safe to feel e- It's safe for this to be easy. That's amazing. Yeah. Cause it is, I mean, if you have come up with everyone telling you, or maybe not even individual people telling you, but like society telling you, that, you know, if it's easy, then you're probably being lazy. Or if it's easy, then something is going to go wrong. If it's easy, you maybe haven't thought of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be, it can be scary to like change your mind <laughs> and to just do the opposite mm-hmm. and see how it works. And I love that Strala, for me, being on my mat and practicing that in a yoga framework was like, oh, well, if it does work in yoga, I feel Mm. a little safer trying it in my professional life. I I feel a little safer trying it in, you know, running or Mm. CrossFit or some other sort of like slightly more dangerous activity than yoga. And it's been the biggest gift that I've gotten in like the past 10 years of my life. No, I feel that I feel the same way. We're all kind of you know, actually, Sam Berlin, the shiatsu teacher we work with, said it in an interesting way. Like, we all kind of become versions of each other in this way. So, yeah, I mean, I'm super interested in just figuring out, you know, from 10 years ago to now, what is this ease and what is softness and how does it really work and how, you know, how do you really do it? And, you know, then I look around at you and and some of the guides and community and we're all kind of 
doing it together in this way. And it's pretty, it's pretty cool to see that spread and and for us to have this support really. Cause otherwise, if you do something like this alone, I mean, I felt pretty alone when I first started, but it, it went that aloneness went away pretty quickly when friends said, Oh, I want to do yoga in a way that feels mm-hmm. good. So at least I had enough people to do it with me. Um, so it's cool to have you to do it with me too. Thank you. <laughs> so I have another, I guess, question for you, which is about um, saying yes versus saying no and sort of knowing when to say yes. And so um, you've been able to do a whole bunch of really cool partnerships. I know you love working with people and, you know, finding new ways to collaborate. So you've worked with like Reebok, you've worked with W Hotels, you've worked with Disney, uh, <laughs> which is also cool. Um, from the outside, I feel like it could seem like you're just always saying like, yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes, because you do have all these different partnerships and you're traveling all these different places. How do you decide when to say yes and when to say no? Um, and do you ever struggle with when you know it's like a no, but you don't want to upset people? Oh, gosh. Well, yeah, I feel like from the outside and I've looked at other people in other areas of my life that have gone from just like being my friend hanging out in my apartment in the early 20s to like being in movies and being on the cover of all these magazines and being like, I wonder how it happened, you know, for them. And now that I'm still, I just spoke with a friend of mine who's an actress and she's had her ups and downs and all of that. And the main thing that we connected about this time was about the relationships with people that we had and how those always led to gigs and jobs and collaborations and things like that. So I've had a few things just come to the inbox, you know, like info at Strala Yoga. Would you like to do this? You know, but most of the cool things have either been people that I've met along the way, somebody that's come to a yoga class and then suggested something or somebody that I got to know through another way that I've kind of pursued or went after. And I think the funniest story was the the way that the Disney event happened was I was doing, I mean, this was, I think it was, it was before the pandemic and I was doing some silly Facebook live, you know, as we all do (laughs) when we're super bored, we're like, let's just go on the internet and talk about something. So I had this idea that I would just sit at home and talk about yoga because I'd never really get a chance just to talk about yoga unless it's something like this. So I love doing that. And Facebook had, you know, comments coming up and I looked at a comment and there was a woman and she said, how do I lose weight? I need to lose X amount of pounds. And that, you know, I I know you're the same way. That just breaks my heart when I when I see that. I'm like, I know that this woman is probably healthy, but she has this mental situation where she feels like it's, you know, there's some tension there. So I, I answered the question and then I kept in touch with her. And we just talked a little bit here and there. And I know nothing about her, except she's this woman who lives in France, right? (laughs) Her name is Frédéric. And then all of a sudden, she writes me like a month later and says, "Uh, we want to do this International Yoga Day. And I love yoga and I love doing yoga with you. Would you come and lead a big class in the front of the Disney castle in Paris? And I'm like, (laughs) yes. Of course, I will teach in your castle. (laughs) I will show up. So, you know, that relationship happened through something super random. And a lot of the partnerships have been like that. And and that's been really fun. And I think it's, I think, probably similar to you. The things that feel like a no, I, I don't feel 
at least I don't feel so inundated with opportunities so often that it's like, oh, should I put a yes or should I put a no? It seems more kind of like making simple choices during the day. Like, what do I want to have for lunch? Uh, What are we going to do when I pick up Daisy from school today? Sort of just deciding where do I want to, what do I want to do next? And how can I sort of go after that um, kind of partnership? Or is there somebody that I know at um, a brand that has, you know, clothing that I'm interested in? Is there a, but I'm usually looking for a person or somebody that I know that could know a person. And if I know somebody that may like either me or something with ease or softness, then maybe there's a conversation there. Um, And that's really been how I've kind of gone after stuff. But I definitely feel like I'm more more going to try to create or co-create partnerships than that they're coming to me. But I've definitely gotten lucky for things just kind of showing up like the Disney class. And I'm just, you know, endlessly grateful for fun things. I had a little kid at the time. Daisy was like two. I'm like, you want to go to Disneyland? (laughs) (laughs) Then we're going to, you know, get to be there and have fun. And it's like four days at Disneyland, you know, so it was pretty awesome. That sounds awesome. I'm a big (laughs) Disney. I mean, I love any place that is just all about making people feel happy the whole time that they're there. So I do enjoy and I'm in Florida. So I think I have to like patriotically support Disney. (laughs) I love that your process seems to be a lot more about who can I connect with and who can I partner with than, you know, what brand or, you know, what company should I work with? And that's seems like a much more natural and human way to do networking and to do mm-hmm. all of this business growth kind of strategizing than is normally taught in business schools or you know if you take a class on networking it's like hand out your business card to as many people as you can <laughs> just see oh what happens gosh. which is yeah I mean um doesn't right that doesn't feel easy that doesn't feel fun um, but you also said it's more like you know, choosing what you're going to eat for lunch or choosing what you're going to do next throughout the day. Like that's no big deal, but I know that there are a lot of people out there. I know at least five people that come immediately to mind that are paralyzed with like trying Mm. to decide what they're going to have for lunch. One of Mm. my best friends, I just order for her when we go out because I know she's going to take 10 to 15 minutes Mm. and she's going to overthink it. And I'm Mm. like, if I order, she's not a picky eater. If I order, she'll like what she's going to eat. And I know because I've watched her do it <laughs> like over and over and over. I'm like, well, I know she's probably going to order this or this. So I'll just like mm-hmm. order for her. If she doesn't like it, then at least it's on me. Um, has it always been pretty easy for you to make decisions in your life? Or are there any decisions that you sort of stress or worry or second guess about? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if any of it is really easy. It's just that I've... I'm interested in it all, you know, and I think you do the same thing. Like you're an entrepreneur, you're working with clients, you're doing all this stuff. No one's telling you, Hey, get up today and do all of this. You know, we're sort of writing our own missions. And I felt like I've been like that my whole life. Um, I suppose even before yoga, I was, I wanted to, my parents let me borrow the car, but they said, well, we're not going to give you any gas money. And I'm thinking, Oh crap, I need to figure out how to do that. So 
I I asked the dance studio if I could work the front desk. And I, I came up with this idea to teach an adult tap class to the moms and made a little enough money for gas to do that. And so I, I feel like I'm always thinking, what do I want to do? And and can I figure out how to do it? And that becomes just like a little project. And and you can't make anything work. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> impossible. But if something works, then it's sort of like, okay, that's working. Now maybe I could do this or can I go left? Can I go right? Um, so yeah, I don't think any of it is is necessarily easy or hard. It's just, you know, I think for a lot of people who choose to do this kind of work, we sort of enjoy this unpredictability of figuring it out. And that's kind of exciting in a way. And I feel like it's taught me to just be really resourceful and to look around at my friends. I mean, next weekend, I'm doing a yoga class at my friend who used to come to the studio in New York. Him and his wife bought a little horse farm up here. And I said, can I come and do a yoga class and invite people that live up here and some moms from Daisy school and some of the folks from the city just to get people together. And, um, he said, you know, I, I wanted to ask you, but I didn't know if you wanted to do that. And, and he said, he has this idea in his mind to turn it into like uh, a retreat center. And he's like, well, this is awesome because then you could do events and workshops and trainings here, especially in the summer when it's really warm. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, I'm glad I I asked. You know? yeah. <laughs> so I'm always kind of looking around and saying, what can I do with this situation? Could, could I be useful here? Um, you know, and I, I try to think about both sides, not just like I want to, you know, even with Reebok, that was so long ago. And it came to me because this woman was looking at Reebok and they didn't have any clothes. They had shoes at that time. They had like some running shorts. And I had just done this DVD with Jane Fonda. And, um, and then I did a project through that with Brooklyn Decker, who was like, just super nice. And Reebok, like did the clothes and she came to me and she said, I want to do something with you. And I said, well, these clothes like are really bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, what do I have to lose, you know? And I said, you know, there's no yoga clothes at the time. It was just Lululemon and they're really expensive. Mm -hmm. And they had that feeling of Spanx, you know, like suck everything in. And I'm wearing old sweatpants and t-shirts and things like that. And I'm thinking, would you all be up for creating clothes that are more casual and relaxed and things like that? She said, well, why don't you come in for a meeting? And we talked about it. And it turned out that just me talking about my idea led them to thinking it was their idea and us to be able to do it together. So I'm thinking, this is great. And then a couple of weeks later, we kept having meetings and and then we started working together in a more official way. And so that was cool. So I'm always thinking that this is, you know, if there's something that I can do to help somebody else, that's cool. And sometimes it's the other way, but I'm more thinking, how can I be useful here instead of just what can I take? Um, because if you just take from people or take from something, it doesn't feel so good for you either, you know? So I just feel better when it's, you know, I'm, I'm trying to trying to help something here. I'm trying to, you know, make somebody smile or make somebody feel good about themselves today or come up with some idea that could help in some way. I remember a while back, I think it was Harvard Business Review published like a little article about your business. And I was like, wait, this is this is my yoga teacher. Like, let me read this. Um, 
And I read through it and they were just sort of, they, there seemed to be the sense of like surprise, like she's just doing nice things and <laughs> she's like helping people and she's just being herself. And she seems to be making money from that. It's very confusing. Um, and so that was like the underlying theme mm-hmm. that I got from it. At the time I was taking business courses. Um, wow. And so I was like, well, yeah, like if you paid any attention to her for like five minutes, you would sort of see that like part of what makes Strala such a unique yoga experience still is that like, well, it's Tara doing it. And so Tara's energy, it makes sense that like that's the direction of the company is Mm -hmm. what aligns with you. That still seems to be like a really rebellious idea or maybe not like a disruptive idea it's not there even if you're an entrepreneur and you're working by yourself so i'm my whole business is just me it's like pay me some money so that i can pay my bills and we'll talk for a couple of hours Mm -hmm. and like you'll feel better and we'll see if we can get your life going the direction you want to go right all that fun stuff and I still have people, you know, messaging me all the time, like, oh, we can get you more clients if you follow mm. our magic formula, or mm. if you do XYZ, you're gonna, your Instagram is gonna grow by this much, or your mailing list will grow by this much, or if you pay us this much money, we can get mm. you in this magazine. And I'm just like, how many people are still in this philosophy of, well, there's a right way to do business growth, there's a right mm. way to do starting a, a your own company there's a right way to do this and i can tell you the right way and <laughs> you have to follow me and that's why i think it's always been so refreshing to tune in to someone who's like yeah no i'm just doing it the way i feel like i'm doing mm-hmm. it um and i know that i'm sort of watching from the outside and maybe it's not so simple in in your brain or your lived experience but but I, I don't know if there's a question there even. I'm just like this. Yeah, I think you're you're totally right. I mean, all of those formulas can do something, but it's never gonna be the thing that's inside of you. And I have plenty of friends that have companies that definitely need to grow in a certain way if they're gonna grow, like whether they have a product that they're trying to ship all over the world or something. And they have to carve out a separate life for themselves because that idea may be a passion in the beginning, but when it becomes like, okay, now we're going to grow this idea. Now we're going to do, now we're going to have all those formulas and respond to all those emails and subscribe to all those strategies. That becomes you doing all these things that are actually unnatural for growth and, and they could work. And sometimes they do work, but it'll never make you happy. <laughs> and I've never seen anybody do that and been like, yes, I love how I spend my day. I love connecting with people. Those people are in meetings about brand colors and they're mm-hmm. having uh, uh, meetings with their PR company doing strategies like, oh, I can get you on the Today Show, but first you need to hit this many followers and to hit this many followers. Here's your ad strategy. And you're going to be doing all these things and you think you're going to be happy when you're on the Today Show, but you're going to get on the Today Show and then, oh, I need to get on Good Morning America. Oh, I need to do this. So there, you could chase that for your whole life but you'll need to carve out, if you're smart, you'll need to carve out a whole separate life for your happiness. And then you'll be living this kind of double life for sure. And I've seen that happen just from being in New York and, and seeing people just come into the studio and what they're doing and and seeing a very 
you know, I guess different way to go about it and still sustain myself and, you know, make enough money and support my family and, and do all this stuff and travel and be excited and get to help people. And I don't need to do those things. And, and that's still, you know, I guess, I guess I am more alone in that. I mean, you're doing it, but there are some other people doing it, but there's such a trap every moment along the way. I mean, the more you do, the more you get those traps to people. People dangle little things like, oh, if you just do this, then you can get that. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah. I don't want that. <laughs> I want this. <laughs> yes. What got me is just sort of I um, I started posting more on social media because I realized for me, a lot of what was holding me back from posting was like, oh, maybe someone else already said this, or maybe my mom will see this and she'll be weirded out or something. And I was just at at some point, I was like, I'm just going to not care about that anymore. And we'll just play with it and see. And if my mom is upset by something I post, like I can talk to my mom, that is fine. Um, And the more you start showing up, the more you get those little emails. Mm -hmm. And I got a couple that were like, oh, like, would you like to have 13 more clients a month? And I was like, no, <laughs> that would be so overwhelming right now. My, my kid is almost three years old and um, we have like hodgepodge child care. I'm like, I don't know how I would do 13 more clients a month and like still do the things every day that I want to be doing with my kid and with my family. And so I was like, oh, thank you for making it so clear that like, this is what you think you can get me. And also, I don't want that. Thank you so much for popping in to to see if I'm okay. And then the people who I have like gotten messages from or seen and been like, oh, that's interesting. I want to pay attention to you maybe have always echoed that sort of idea of, yeah, like you're doing this. It's your business. And almost that sort of, um, guide philosophy that you teach in astrology where you're like I'm not a teacher I'm a guide um which I love because it gave me as a yoga student permission to be like oh no like what I feel in my body is real and important and I get to make the choice of you know whether I'm gonna turn my toes a little out or a little forward and I can just be okay with making that choice for myself right I don't have to listen to I've definitely like upset a couple other teachers and yoga classes since then by being like, nope, I'm going to put my toes where I'm going to put my toes. Thank you so much. But I've really resonated with that in business advice as well. Like I can show you how I got here and I can talk to you about what's worked for me, but like you can't ask me how to do what you're doing because you're doing your thing and it's you doing it. And because it's you doing it, it's always going to be different than what I was doing. And that's Mm -hmm. what's awesome about it. Yeah, you got to do your thing. I mean, the the funny thing is, I mean, I started kind of like the early YouTube days and my mom didn't have an internet connection, so I didn't have to worry <laughs> about that, which was good. So I just started doing the things and 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 just being excited to kind of share my the, the ideas that I had. And when when those started to take off, more opportunities came in. And I was, I love to write. So I was blogging for free for like Huffington Post and I got paid. I was so excited. I got paid a hundred dollars a month to start blogging for Women's Health Magazine. I was so excited to like get a check for something that had nothing to do with, you know, dancing on stilts or something like that. Like, this is what I wanted to do. <laughs> so I thought this is amazing. I, there's actually a path forward for me here. And, 
you know, eventually I convinced them, you know, Rodale, the the company of that magazine also was a book publishing company. So I just, I would go in and and find the person who was in charge of books. And I would say like, I want to do a yoga book and I want it to be easygoing and accessible. And I'm not leaving here <laughs> until you make it happen. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And they, eventually it happened. And and so, you know, I, then I did videos and those that opportunity led to more opportunities. And, you know, one thing just kept leading to another as life happens, whatever direction you do. And I remember at a certain point, uh, some some folks were coming to the studio that wanted to basically do what I was doing with yoga and do their own kind of yoga. And they said, well, I, you know, I have to do the videos on YouTube and then the book and then I'll get a clothing deal. And I'm like, maybe, but like that, why? And they're like, well, that's the formula. And I'm like, what do you mean it's the formula? Like, well, that's what you did. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, I liked, I like videos. Like I'm, I'm a cheesy video person and I love to write about whatever, anybody that will read it, I'd love to do it. And I was annoyed that it didn't have clothes that I liked. So I found, you know, I fulfilled that need for myself and, you know, more and more down the road, things like that. Um, but not everybody likes the same things. I mean, someone else may love spices. You know, I, I don't really know much about spices. <laughs> you know, somebody <laughs> may create a whole spice yeah. line. So, you know, I think it's really important not to, you know, to look around at what people are doing, but then say, okay, what do I like to do and how can I do those things. Like you said, you, you don't want 13 more clients right now. I don't want to go and do, you know, things that other people might be. I don't even know what those things are because I've learned enough about how much you can annoy yourself by looking at too many things of successful people. And yay, I'm so happy for everybody, but I can't because then I'll then I'll think, oh, I, I should be doing a spice line. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no. <laughs> you get confused if you look too much at yeah. at all the success stories. So, you know, I think it's nice to pick a few people who don't make you feel bad about yourself to get inspired by and then a lot of community to support you. You know, that's one thing that's great about online now, but there is no magic formula besides getting really good at doing the thing you're doing and then being brave enough to share it, like you said, and have the conversation with your mom if it comes to that. <laughs> Yeah, or with your, you know, your mom or like your friends from high school or yeah. you know, the one person that you're thinking of who like probably won't get it. And it's like, well, you're not writing to that person. Yeah. Um, I think that is really like you said, there's not a formula and someone could look at you and be like, ah, this is the formula to get to where Tara's at. And for me, there's this podcast, um, How I Built This with uh, Guy Raz, and it's an NPR podcast. And I was listening to it thinking like, oh, maybe one day once I have like enough money and I have an MBA and I have a plan, I could like start my own business. Mm. And I started listening to this podcast and realizing that all of these people, you know, big brands like Laura Barr and like uh, Cliff Barr, um, I'm thinking all food, Ben and Jerry's, like everyone that they interviewed. And what I realized, like the theme was they just started doing it and they figured it out along the way, realizing that like, oh, these people now they're, you know, they're in charge of a huge company or in some cases they've, they've built and then sold a huge company, mm -hmm. but they were really just doing the best they could. And I think the biggest thing is probably that they had in common is like, when they hit a point where they couldn't see a way forward, they kept working mm -hmm. and they kept trying. Was there ever a point for you with Strala where you weren't sure what the way forward was and you had to just keep trying different things and see how it went? I think the most 
stressful and I guess at the time confusing period that comes to mind was, and it's funny because it's when everything looked amazing from the outside. So (laughs) it was around that sort of 2013 time and things were getting really busy with me and things were getting really busy with the studio. And we had some, or I had some uh, interest and people wanting to, and I don't really know how else to say this, because it sounds so cheesy, but they wanted to soul cycle us. <laughs> they would even say that, like, like we're going to soul cycle Strala and it's going to be everywhere and blah, blah, blah. And, and I was thinking, okay, this sounds like really cool. What do you like? Are you going to do it for me? Because I don't know, I don't know how, to, how to go and pay for all those storefront real estate, you know, uh, spots all around the entire country and then pick which international cities to do that. And that sounds like an expensive thing to do. And they're like, okay, so this is what you're going to do. And there was a brand in France that was a gym chain. And they said, okay, we're going to bring Strala to all of our gym chains in like three months. And I'm thinking, wow, this is hard. It was kind of like when you said that somebody offered you, wanted to offer you 13 new clients. And I'm thinking how long it takes to find and train and make sure they're the right people and they love it, great guides for Strala, like for specific Strala. And I'm thinking, well, that's that's a really, it needs to be natural. They need to come to you. They don't, I don't want it's just to be like you, 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 you go, you know, kind of a thing. Like it needs to be this thing. So the the gym chain in France said, okay, come and we'll pay you to teach all the people here to teach Strala. And I'm thinking, okay, that sounds too easy. Like it's, there's something missing in this formula. So I went and, and the room was filled with lovely people and they were so overworked. They all taught 15 different styles of fitness classes and, 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 and no yoga, but that, you know, they're like, we could do yoga. Cause we teach TRX, we teach CrossFit, we teach this. They like had every mm-hmm. certification in the world. And they gave me two days to do the intensive program. And I did it. And I said, okay, fine. Let's see how it goes. You know? so, <laughs> so I leave and I go on my merry way and continue exploring this soul cycle idea in the US. And it's all feeling very nervous to me. And I go back and and it's very successful. Like the classes are busy and all these things, but it became really quickly something that it wasn't supposed to be. Um, you know, the teachers were like, oh, and, you know, just be sexy. <laughs> <laughs> just and it was like Strala, and they would say Strala in the class, like Strala, Strala is about just do what you want and do the yoga that you want to do. And it became a character of itself. And I just said, you know, obviously this is working. I'm not gonna say don't do it. I'm not gonna be a jerk about it, but let's just let it have its time and let the people who really want to do it continue and I'll come back and continue. But if somebody's burned out and they're teaching 10 different styles and they don't want to do this. I don't want to force anybody to do it. So it's hard to grow things fast because it becomes very unnatural. I mean, I come from a family of farmers and I know the difference between an organic stock of corn and a GMO stock of corn. Like the GMO one is like straight up. (laughs) It's got like the most (laughs) yield, but it's killing the soil and it's killing the farmers and it's, you know, it's bad. And the other one, you don't get as much, but you get more in the long term. So um, so that was a hard time, a hard time to figure out how to how to move forward. But I feel like we got through it now. And and now I look around the world and we have people leading Strala Partner Studios, which is a much better way forward. Not I don't own the places, they own the places, and then they license the name, and it's this whole lovely thing. And then they have 
their own, they become kind of how I feel in my life. They're like that in their community. So, and they're themselves. They're not like a caricature of me. They're, you know, Anna in Germany and Joanna and, you know, everybody's their own thing. And they happen to be leading Strala classes, but it's about them and it's about how they want to do it and all those things. And so I'm really just glad <laughs> on the other side <laughs> because it was scary for me the Soul Cycle way for sure. Mm-hmm. And Soul Cycle is a great brand, and the founders sold it, and they do other things now. But I I don't want an exit from this. I want to keep doing this for for as long as I'm around. And I I know that that's just also getting to know myself and what I want. And again, not like. And any advice, like everybody needs to do it this way. But for me, I knew that I want it to be, I want people to lead it that really want to do it. And I want to support it. And I want our community to feel really good and not have any drama and all of that. So it's just, you know, getting to know yourself, I think. It seems like one of the lowest drama yoga communities that I have been in. <laughs> I know. I'm so proud of that. We have no drama. There's no scandal. There's no abuse. I mean, that's how, why I started. I I loved yoga. Then I picked my head up and looked around and I, I didn't see firsthand abuse, but I could see the, the environment where it could be possible. And I could see like some of the male teachers being very, you know, bossy and very controlling. And then I would just leave and say, well, I don't want to be involved in that. And, but, you know, more vulnerable people would stay that had insecurities and things like that. And they could get wrapped, all wrapped up in that. So I think that was a big reason why I like sharing it in this way, because when, if you have a teacher that says, no, you have to put your foot that way, you know, you're a strong person. You're like, I'm good. Thanks. But a lot of people may internalize that or feel bad about themselves or all of that. So I think that's always been my driving reason. I just, I don't like when people get taken advantage of. It makes me really mad. <laughs> yeah. And it really has, I mean, I joke about it, but I, it's turned me into sort of like a very weird person to have in your fitness class because like I enjoy outside of yoga. I really do enjoy a lot of different styles of movement. So I will go to a CrossFit gym or I'll go to like a martial arts class and they'll be like, all right, we're going to do a hundred of this. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do like 50. 50 feels good for me and my body today. I'm not going to overextend myself. I'm going to sort of stop when I'm ready. Um, Or they'll be like, um, I actually found in Tallahassee, Florida, where I live uh, about a year ago, a trauma-informed gym opened up and you're not allowed to talk about like dieting at all. You're not allowed to talk about your shape of your body or anyone else's body while you're in the gym. And it's very much like we're moving because moving makes our our whole self feel good. We're not moving because we're trying to like impress anyone or hit a specific number. So that's not as weird. But I will go to other gyms sometimes and they'll be like, okay, so like we're gonna we're gonna lift this much weight. And I'm like, not today. Like today I'm feeling like this and I'm gonna do this much. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, I am positive. Thank you for checking. Like I know where I'm at in my body. Um, I even got comments from, um, after I gave birth, I went to pelvic floor therapy, which I would strongly recommend to any human with a pelvic floor, which is all of us. Uh, <laughs> but she was like, it's really nice that you know your body so much and that you are like able to pay close attention to how you feel and where you're breathing. And I was like, yeah, it's, um, 
It's like a yoga thing. I think mm-hmm. a yoga thing, or maybe it's yeah. a Strala thing. Cause for me, they've been entwined for so long, but it's really like my secret superpower of like, yeah, I can try, you know, I could try running a marathon. I could try this new like boot camp class because I know that I know what my body should feel like. And I know that I have the power to say like, no, or yes, I'm going to go a little harder or that's great. You guys keep going. I'm going to stop and take a rest. Yeah, that's, that's everything. I mean, noticing how you feel and responding is everything. I mean, that's, I get so excited about sharing that because, you know, in the beginning I was doing it and then people would come and say, oh, I feel really good. Or like this great thing happened or that great thing happened. And it was all these kind of coincidences. Like, oh, people are, lives are just getting great over here. (laughs) And then they come and tell me about it. And then I'm thinking, oh, maybe it has something to do with, with exactly what we're talking about. It's sort of, you know, awakening that part that we all have just to like actually live in your body and notice what's going on. And I get so excited for people you know, like you, when you have that, that's just, that's just you. And then if somebody doesn't have that and I get the chance to convince them to come to a yoga class and then I know that, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. They're going to, they're going <laughs> to figure it out because it's not something that, you know, you put on somebody else, but it's something you kind of remember and you say, oh yeah, I, oh my gosh. Like I, I do want to choose that food for lunch, you know, like you can choose for me if you want, but that's the one I want, you know, like those, those little connections get stronger and I just feel like that's, uh, you know, maybe the next phase of like human, you know, we all, we all just want to be connected to what we feel and, and follow that a little bit more. It's, it's silly that we're not, you know, as I mean, we are so good (laughs) (laughs) Silly that that's not just, you know, normal, like the trauma informed gym that you found, it just feels like that's, that seems so beautiful but also it should be just normal you know (laughs) yeah like you maybe shouldn't have to be like a licensed clinical social worker to be able to lead exercise classes in a way that doesn't re-traumatize people right right I think everyone comes at it from a very everyone has the best intentions right like you don't Mm -hmm. start leading fitness or exercise classes because you want people to feel worse like you want Mm -hmm. people to feel better but there is, you know, if you forget that piece of like, even if they don't have a background in like personal training or a certain kind of exercise, they're still living in their body. And we have to trust that they know what's going on in their body more than we do. And I brought that into my life coaching because I'm like, yeah, like who, who am I to tell you what to do with your life? Like, Mm. I don't know why you're trusting me with this. I'm so grateful that you are, but like, I, really celebrate it um, when clients will like I'll throw out a suggestion of something they could try and they'll say, I don't think that's going to work for me. And I'm like, well, thank you so much for telling me that. Like, why not? And let's figure out like, what do you think would work for you? Like, so how do we problem solve around that? And I've had someone say like, that's so new to me because she's been working with therapists and coaches throughout her life that'll be like, well, this is the way that you do it. And this is the method I teach. So this is how we're going to do it. And whether or not you think it's a good idea or not, like you can stay or go. Hmm. And for me, it's just, it feels much more helpful to be able to acknowledge that like 
even though I'm a life coach and I've worked really hard to get really good at it, like I am never going to know everything that's going on in your body, in your mind and in your soul in the same way that you do. So I'm always going to trust the person Mm -hmm. and like what they say is happening for them. And that's something that really comes through and for everything that you've done and like your cookbooks and your, um, and your, like your yoga books and all of that. Uh, it's like, well, you're going to find your way to do it. And you're going to trust that you have been able to figure out how to make the rules that work for you. Yeah. Something I came to just by trying to figure out how to be a better leader of of yoga. It's like, okay, well, obviously you need to be really good at the thing you're doing and continue to improve. But what what started to really be so clear to me was leading is showing someone how you feel about yourself while you're doing this thing that you're so good at and awesome and you're teaching this thing, but you're really showing them yourself. And once I figured that out, it was sort of like that movie Ghost where (laughs) he jumps into Whoopi's body and like becomes her. So I figured that out and I started leading this exercise in our longer trainings of having one person stand in front of three people or do like a little circle or whatever and lead a brief sequence without words and just, you know, breath, body connection, do the whole thing. And what what was so cool that happened was the people that were taking the class could feel how that person felt about themselves. And I was like, do it for like five minutes and then just talk about it. Then we'll, you know, we'll learn the words and, you know, it won't be too weird for a while. And they learned, we all learned so much from that because you see, yeah, you need to learn the words. You need to be saying the right things. Everything needs to make sense. You need to be doing it correctly. But really, if you if you experience a class, you're experiencing how that teacher feels. And you're in that space that feels like that person feels. And you know, I think you think about all the memorable teachers, good and bad, we've had throughout our whole life. And the good ones, they're teaching something and we learned something. And it was awesome. But they were really, they had something about them that we could see and we could feel and we were drawn toward and the bad ones the same thing. <laughs> but I just thought that was the coolest thing. Like you're 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 leading the experience of how you feel about yourself. And of course you know all these things, but when you do that, it also gives the person you're leading safety and permission to trust themselves, just like you said, because you know it's it's just a fact. You're never gonna know everything that's going on with somebody. You can guess, but if you can do your best job to guess and to give guidance and be the expert that you are, but also actually teach them how to trust themselves, then that's, you know, just humongous. But it feels like you're not doing anything. And then people say, like, well, what even is this? (laughs) I'm just figuring it out myself. You're like, well, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Well, so for me, that was one of the coolest parts of doing the Strala training. I was talking to my friend who's like helping me creative direct this podcast. I say as if we know what we're doing. We're just like figuring it out. Um, But I was like, yeah, like she did this thing in the training where like we weren't even allowed to use words and we're just leading yoga (laughs) like with how we feel. And it was a huge change to the way I taught yoga classes. It's actually one of the reasons that I stepped back from teaching yoga to grownups. Right now I teach yoga to toddlers and it's the cutest thing in the whole world and I love it. Um, And to like toddlers and their grown-up caretakers. But I was realizing that I was going in sort of like taking more energy than I was giving because I'm just like where I'm at in my phase of life. I didn't feel like I had the time to like 
be good in my energy before I got to the class. And so mm-hmm. I was doing this thing where I was sort of like energy vampiring from my yoga people. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is not okay. Like I'm going to, you know, switch the way I do yoga for a little while. And um, if I'm going to energy vampire from someone, then like they should be the teacher. <laughs> they should they should have signed up for that. They should be getting compensated. But you, so you teach yoga live right now on the internet at around eight o'clock in the morning for me. So I know it's even earlier for you because you're not East Coast, right? So how do you wake up and then immediately sort of get your energy right to hold space for all these people? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, something I learned as I, you know, learn more yoga, trying to get better at it, all of that, just with the shiatsu and with the tai chi, it just says it more plainly, all this stuff that I care about with yoga. But for some reason, I couldn't find a yoga teacher that says, don't, don't force it, you know, don't push it, you know, use what you need, rest what you don't, all of those things. And I'm sure they're out there. I just haven't quite found them yet. Um, but in Tai Chi, it just says it in the philosophy. So once I got more into that, I started figuring out that, oh, you're supposed to be doing this all the time. This isn't just like when you practice yoga, you're cool. Like, oh, I'm great. Like after I do my yoga, I'm good for five more minutes. Then I'm going to freak out. On <laughs> so, you know, we all know that joke. It's like, I'm I'm really happy when I'm doing my yoga. And then afterwards, I've got like a little bit of time until it wears off. So I sort of figure out how I need to adjust myself during the day. So I feel good with most of the time. Um, so yeah, you know, it sounds kind of silly, but I, I don't really feel bad that often. And if I do, I know what to do about it. I know pretty quickly what to do about it. And I've had just like everybody has had enough you know, challenges in, in regular life where you're like, okay, you know, my my dad's sick. Like, how can I just be calm with him while he's sick? My mom's freaking out about it. How can I be calm with her? So just figuring out that and treating it as like a little yoga practice. I'm like, oh, I change my body position. I breathe. I do these things. And my mom's like, why are you so calm right now? And I'm like, <laughs> just breathe, you know, and then not get mad at her for asking me that. And so just knowing that that's actually fun in like the weirdest sense of the word, but it's interesting for me to practice that with more of the time. And I get a little bit on edge around like 730 these days, you know, like right before Daisy's getting ready for bed, she's like running all over. I mean, you know, you have a little kid. So like, those are those moments where I'm like, ah, I need to go to sleep. (laughs) But thankfully I've got Mike and, you know, he can take over if I hit that wall. Um, so, so I feel pretty good most of the time and I, I go to bed early. So I, I know that I, I know that I choose to do the yoga in the morning. I, it's not, it's like, it's my choice, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> no one's forcing me to do it. So I know that that's a good time for me. So I, you know, organize my, my day and my energy levels to, to be good around that time for sure. Nice. Um, I, I feel like I aspire to be the kind of person who like wakes up fully ready to greet the day. Uh, (laughs) And for me, it's more so, yeah, there's like a a gap of like five to 10 minutes of once I'm up and I'm moving. It's been really Oh, that's fine. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm actually like, I'm a morning person ish. You know, once, once my morning starts, I'm in it. But if I'm in bed, I never want to get out of bed. Mm -hmm. This bed is so comfy and so safe. 
And today, today was fun because we woke up and there was just like poop everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) The joys of a toddler. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. It goes up the back. (laughs) Yeah. And like, like finding it on his pillows. I'm like, this is great. Um, So it was just like, you know, uh, it would have been much nicer to start my day immediately with some yoga. But do you have like a go-to checklist in your brain of when you're feeling a little bit anxious or a little bit um, activated where you're like, okay, like, am I, am I doing X, Y, and Z? And how could I bring that back? Yeah. I mean, if I'm, if I'm in a place where I can get down to the ground, I do it. I'm like, stop, drop and breathe. (laughs) That's, that's my little thing that I know that works for sure. I mean, just on all fours, roll around a little bit, take a few breaths notice how I feel and then get back in there, you know, (laughs) but if I'm sort of out in the world and I can't do that and I'm almost to the panic mode, it's just changing my body position. So I'm comfortable softening a little bit and letting my breath move me. I feel like that's really a good one because it's so easy to just say, I got to get through this, but I know, I know that that's not the best way. If I can relax myself, which is the hardest part. And then notice my breath moving me and then still do the things it's for it's not about not you know like this is you'll appreciate this i mean do you do you drive to a daycare or to a a play date or something with okay so she started school so i i dropped off at school and we're in this new place now and um and I had to go pick her up and I put in the GPS on my phone, the school, and there's like two schools of it. And I was at the wrong one and I had no idea how to get there. And my phone like had no signal. There was just no cell signal. Mm-hmm. I actually got out of the car and knocked on somebody's front door to ask if they knew how to get to the school and they didn't answer the door. But I was like, it's 1982. What do I do? And, <laughs> and I was so you know, I was so panicked about it. So I just got back in the car. I I breathed, I slowed down and I turned right and I went down the road and I, cause I kind of knew it by sight. I'd only been there a couple of times and it was the wrong way. So then I came back and I actually knocked on the door again and nobody answered. They're like this crazy lady's outside my house. And then I turned the other way and I eventually figured it out, but I don't think I would have been able to figure it out if I was in full panic mode. I had to do the softening and breathe just to bring myself back. And I'm like, she's going to be at school, like stuck there. She's going to hate me for the rest of her life. And the teachers are going to just leave her out in the middle of the road or whatever. So I had to bring myself to a more calm place. I mean, just a silly, you know, daily example of that, but it really helped for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it is silly because I do, even after having practiced strala yoga for so many years, like there are still times when I get stressed out or I find myself panicking. And the first thing that my brain will say is, well, just like figure it out first and then you can stop and relax and Mm -hmm. like calm yourself down. And I'm like, I have to really intentionally be like talking back to myself and saying, well, what if we stop now and calm down first? And then everything is a little bit better. And um, for me, like I do that a ton with my kid. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Connell and he is two and he is fearless, which I love for him. Um, but I'm not fearless. And so like I'll watch him running and like climbing things that I know a two year old is not like 
legally supposed to be climbing. <laughs> and I will just like sit back and be like, okay, like if something happens, if he does fall, if he does get hurt, what he's going to need most is for me to be calm and for me to be like confident and for me to be able to breathe and think clearly. So like right now it's maybe a little scary that he's like climbing this concrete steps, but he seems to know what he's doing and he seems to be fine. And if I can, you know, same thing, like step back and like focus on my breath and relax a little bit so that if I do have to jump into action mode, like it's easier for me to jump into action mode from relaxed, even if it's like a very intentional mm. kind of forced relaxation totally. um, <laughs> than if I'm like tense or stressed or panicked. And I think that's something else I've learned from Strala that carried over to parenting is that like, you know, just the same way that we were saying, like the class is going to experience the way you feel about yourself. Like your kids are going to experience the way you feel about yourself. So if you're feeling mm. panicked and you're feeling anxious or you're feeling a lot of self-judgment or you're mm. feeling a lot of like, you know, the world is an awful place and everything is chaos. Your kids are going to pick up on that and they're going to start feeling that they might not understand why, mm -hmm. but if you can bring yourself back to a place of like, I'm feeling calm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like I can handle things if they come up, I'm flexible. I'm able to move. I'm able mm -hmm. to act. I'm able to respond. Um, then your kids sort of feel that as well. I don't know if that's been your experience. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I was having coffee with a friend of mine. Actually, he used to work for W Hotels the other day. And he he was he's a really interesting guy. He actually wanted to have a coffee with me to ask me about softness. And I was like, oh, wow, this is like <laughs> a whole cool thing. <laughs> and he said, so you're so chill, Tara. How? What do you do when you really just have to like accomplish something? And I was like, you think I'm chill? Like, <laughs> we don't really know each other that well. And I said, well, it's interesting that I come across chill because it's not the experience I have inside. Like, I feel very, you know, almost hypervigilant to the point, you know, being a parent, like doing things like calling your own shots, like being an entrepreneur. I'm always like doing something, figuring something out. And I need to do the things that we're talking about so I can feel more balanced. And I said, I think I think you're misunderstanding softness. And there's this myth of softness that it's just oh, I'm watching my kid go up the stairs. I'm just going to sit down on the ground and breathe. Like you're looking at him, you know, like you're there, you're ready to catch him, you know, but you're also calm. You're practicing the calm. So I think a lot of people get confused and think it's just about breathing and taking care of yourself and kind of spacing out to the world and just trusting that the universe is going to work out. And it's sort of half that, like, yes, you're calm. You're not spaced out. You're focused and you're paying attention to what's going on around you. It's sort of that basic awareness of what's happening with me. And then if you can get that going, then you have enough energy left over to say, okay, what's happening around me? And how can I still keep myself calm and kind of get involved how I need to get involved? But yeah, that's definitely a, a life changer for sure. Like understanding that practical application of softness because it doesn't mean like uh, I'm just so relaxed <laughs> like you're you're relaxed enough so you're not panicked like you're ready to go like it's sort of Daisy's in this little theater class she doesn't want to do sports so I'm like well you got to do something so she's in this little theater class and the teacher is so great and 
he does this little stance with them so they're not fidgeting and it's it goes like they like step with their foot one foot one foot the other foot the other arm whatever and he goes actor neutral ready to go and i'm like that's like you know being ready <laughs> you're you're yeah. calm you're ready you're in a good body position you know it's sort of it exists in so many so many different formats and it's sort of you know what we're all trying to get at but when you can really have it in this form of softness and breathing like you just said so well it really does work otherwise you just spiral out of control like we see you know so many good examples of that all over the place <laughs> oh yeah yep lots of good examples of that it's been um yeah it's been really wonderful for me to come into like my experience with parenthood and motherhood after having spent like close to a decade studying yoga and like how your nervous system works and all of this stuff because I just feel like oh wow I feel like so much more prepared I also feel like very like my heart goes out to like the parents of like my parents generation and I was like oh my gosh you didn't have no one was talking about this mm -hmm. and I was born in the 80s like no one was talking about this in the 80s they had just gotten the smoking is maybe bad for your kids memo <laughs> <laughs> yeah <I remember> <laughs> so, like but there was nothing about like oh like you're you know your anxiety or your stress could be bad for your kids or mm -hmm. totally yeah. Um, well, I have a couple of last questions, like rapid fire questions that I want to ask as we get ready to close down. Is that okay? Yeah, love it. All right. They're easy. They're not hard. Um, <laughs> no math. <laughs> only a little math. No, just kidding. Um, there, so the first question is, what is the last book that you read and absolutely loved? Oh, gosh. Well, um, so many. So we started Estrella Book Club, which I, I selfishly did that. So I would read more books and invite friends to read along with me. But I just finished a book by my friend, Chris Carr, who I've known for a long time called I'm Not a Morning Person and the Morning is for the Grief. And um, I read that book going into it thinking, oh, this will help me with my dad and then I can pass it off to my mom and um, that'll be great. And then I got into it and it was really wonderful. And she talked about all these different things that maybe we don't give ourselves permission to mourn, like a life phase or um, loss of, uh, you know, uh, like pets and loss of family members and loss of, you know, just living in a city, living in a certain place and loss of, you know, silly things like a favorite sweater that you can't find anymore. And just, you know, this whole, um, sort of more well-rounded look at giving ourselves permission to feel. And I totally didn't expect that from that book. And and from her too. I mean, she taught me about eating better and she sent me a green juice uh, machine when I was like 22. I was so happy. We made friends and she's like, I'm doing this deal with Breville and I've got like 80 of them in my garage. Can I send you one? And I'm like, <laughs> you're an angel. This is amazing. So she taught me about eating better. And now she's taught me about feeling um a, a full range of of those kinds of emotions which is you know just been interesting that's awesome i know a lot of people who could really benefit from reading that book yeah because i've learned so many things and i'm like <laughs> i know that like it's so you know i've had this conversation with my husband a bunch of like he'll get a little uncomfortable if i'm really disappointed because something doesn't happen mm. the way i wanted it to happen so say we plan a vacation and then it falls through at the last minute or 
something like that. Um, or around Christmas. I have like, I love Christmas. It's, mm. it's, I mean, it's a whole season about being happy and being yeah, together with people. I love it too. <laughs> I really like it. Um, so he'll get really like nervous that like, oh, we're not going to get the right tree or like the decorations aren't going to be right and I'm going to be upset. And I'm like, well, I'm allowed to be upset about like something not happening that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's your fault or that you have to make me not upset. Like I can just... Like I'm a grown up, I can be upset for a little while and then I will move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that. Um, my second question is what is the song right now that you put on when you need to feel like your most badass self? Oh my gosh. Okay, so this is pretty funny. Uh the pink from the Barbie movie by Lizzo. <laughs> so yeah, we I went to see Barbie with Daisy. And then she loved it. She loved the music. And we went back like three more times. And then we took Mike and then we took my mom. So I think we we saw it in the theater like five <laughs> times. It was also like the end of summer and we had nothing else to do. We would just, it was part of the routine. We would wake up, have breakfast and go to the Barbie movie. <laughs> I love that. It was so fun. And the music is so good. And I played in the car and it's just so, the whole soundtrack is great. But yeah, Pink is really a fun one. Um, just kind of gets me going. And um, I never grew up with, I had Barbies, but I didn't really play with them at all. My grandma kept buying them. So I didn't, you know, I was like, oh, the Barbie movie, whatever. And then I found out that Greta Gerwig um, was an early Strala yoga online um, person. And I'm like, oh my God, because <laughs> I love her obviously. And she's so cool. And so I started watching the YouTube videos about her thinking behind the movie. And I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. It's not just like Barbie or whatever. So yeah, so that that whole soundtrack, but yeah, the song Pink is amazing. Love <laughs> it. <get> amped up. <laughs> yes, I'm always looking for good like amp up tracks. So <laughs> I love that. I might make a playlist of like everyone's recs for the podcast. The last question is, and I feel like we probably talked about this already, but because I'm asking everyone the same questions, what is one small thing that you do each day to help make sure you're staying in touch with your best version of yourself. Mm. I mean, this sounds so corny and I know it violates all this. Like, I don't know, you know, you've given me permission again to just be myself. So I'm just going to be myself, (laughs) you know, the whole rebellious thing, but doing yoga with people, um, you know, online or in person, but that's something that I on purpose want to do every day because it makes me feel good. And I love doing yoga, obviously, but just knowing that there's a connection with other people that are doing it too kind of amplifies that. So I love that. And I was talking with my friend the other day and uh, she said, oh, don't you want to just do it, you know, do a bunch in a row with like a production company and then they can like put them out. And I'm like, well, like I could, but then I'd feel really lonely every day. <laughs> like, well, what would I be doing? <laughs> I mean, we could do that too, to have variety of different backgrounds and all that. We do do that. But I love, I love just moving my body with the yoga every day and then also doing it with people in some format. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Thank you for this great conversation. It's been wonderful to chat with you. If people are just, it seems weird for me to think about people like just finding you from this, but if they are, how can they keep in touch with you and how can they get into Strala? Sure. Um, 
yeah, hello, all the new friends. <laughs> Everybody's invited. You can always do yoga with us. Uh, you can find out all the info at stralayoga.com and the Strala Yoga app and can hit me up on social media. My name is just Tara Styles um, with an I like Harry or Julia. <laughs> Same. They're pretty cool too. And, and yeah, reach out, send a message. I love, I love to talk with people. So um, if you feel like there's a specific thing you want to ask about, feel free to send me a message somewhere or email the info on the website and that goes to us too. So we love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Tara. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to I Hope This Finds You. You can now find us on Instagram at I Hope This Finds You Pod or connect with me, your host at at Megan Gilman. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a quick sec to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or to share with a friend. See you next time.